Today I'm talking to Koki Adasi with Compass in DC back for a second interview. In our first interview, episode 79, we talked about how to build a better business by keeping the focus on your clients. Today we talk about keeping your sanity and building strong teams for a business that never turns off. Koki Adasi and his team sell over 100 homes a year. Koki says mastering this has been a result of mastering two important skills, keeping your sanity and building a strong team. In our interview, we talk about whether an athlete or in business, the winners are those who know how to manage their emotions and the emotions of others. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast is to share knowledge for realtors and raise awareness for Give Back Homes, where real estate professionals work together for social good. Jet Centers Aviation, Bentley Atlanta, Legends Global, thank you for your sponsorship. All right, everybody, it's the Jerry Metcalf podcast where top agents tell how they do it. And we have Koki Adasi back for a second time from D.C. with Compass. Koki, welcome back. Good morning. How are you doing today, Jerry? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me again. Thanks for coming. So, everybody, Koki has some really great insights. So, last time we shared with him, he shared with us about his success. So, make sure you listen to that interview. Do we have what number is that, Isaac? That is 78. I interview 78 and um, so go back and listen to that but we wanted to bring him back because he's really got some great tips on team building and which everybody that listens to the show and doesn't listen to the show everybody always that's everybody's question and the other one before that which comes team building comes into play on that is keeping our sanity in this people don't know until they get into it how demanding this is and how intense it is, which has a lot to do with why so many people, well, there's a low barrier to entry, but about 5% retention after two years. And I think that has a lot to do with why. So that being said, that's what we're gonna talk about. But Koki, go ahead, for those of you who have not listened to episode 78, tell us just a little bit about yourself and your success. And don't be afraid to boast a little, or I'm gonna have to do it for you. <laughs> All right. So I've been in real estate for 12 years and um, I actually was with Long and Foster uh, here in D.C. Um, for most of that time. In the last six months or so, switched over to Compass and um, really loving it here. It's a great company. I'm sure folks who are listening have heard a lot about it in the media. And I run a, run a, a sales team, uh, Team Koki. We have six people on our team. And I'll talk in depth you know, about how we kind of created the team um, over the last five, six years. And as far as as far as you know, success, um, you know, success to me is simply uh, the natural consequence of consistently applying the basic fundamentals. And so, in real estate, those fundamentals are you know. Wait, wait, wait! I'm going to stop you because that was really good. Uh, Say that one more time. The definition that was really good. I want everybody to hear that. And Isaac is writing it down right now because we're going to hashtag it, quote it, whatever. The definition of success. Tell us one more time. Success is the natural consequence of consistently applying the basic fundamentals. And I forget if that was uh, a Jim Rohn or, um, or or whose quote it was, but uh, best quote ever that I've heard. It and really is. In real estate, you know, the, the fundamentals are, you know, one, lead generation. You have to meet people, you, mm -hmm. you gotta make phone calls, you gotta send emails, you gotta be face to face. And so 
what can you do consistently to meet new people and then to build that relationship over time mm -hmm. and that will drive your business that's how we built our business over the last 12 years so what is number two number um, one lead generation <clears throat> yep i've got a lot to say about that but i'm going to let you do all the talking uh service you know service um everything we do whether it's in real estate or if it's in our our um you know community service efforts we're taking care of people right and so we think about the you know, last time we went to nordstrom's or to ritz or anywhere you know southwest airlines and you had great service it, it makes you feel amazing and you want to go back and you, and you want to do it again and so exactly. you can take that business more and more and more and so in real estate you, know, you got to think to yourself how can i take care of these people i gotta make them feel so amazing yeah that they want to send all their friends and all their family to me that's how we that's how we exactly i build our business um so I, I am going to interject because I can't help myself. And I think it'll add to this interview. And Isaac will tell me if I'm, Isaac will try to tell me if I'm talking too much. Real quick on the lead generation. I just want to say to everybody, and I know Koki would agree, there are different ways to lead generate. There's this common denominator or belief that I think is unfortunate in our business that people think that means calling, pe calling people 33 times a year or calling people until they tell you not to call them. And there's a little more to it there's prospecting and positioning when you pros you can position yourself so that lead generation isn't stalking people until they can't say no and you can do it in a way that delivers value i'm just going to leave it at that but lead generation if you're good at cold calls go for it jerry metcalf is not so i had to come up with more clever ways to do it but on your service i love what you said about nordstrom and ritz and i just i want to elaborate on that too and then you bounce back with ideas from your team but i say it because it comes up you know People drive through historic Brookhaven in Atlanta, which is one of the most prestigious neighborhoods in Atlanta. And I am blessed that my name, well, I'm blessed and, and it's also a lot of hard work that my name's literally on almost every sign in the neighborhood. And it's not because I knew people, I know people now, but a lot of people know people. It's because of service. You know, and the best example is the Ritz-Carlton. He speaks to Ritz-Carlton, but he said, oh, and it was, um, who was on our show? I'm looking this way, everybody, because Isaac's over here. <laughs> But Thank you Doug, for I was getting a little concerned. Right, right? a little concerned, like, right, like, like, what's going on with that girl? Yeah. So <laughs> Doug Livinger with Compass and Aspen talks about, you know, the differences when somebody, when you're at the Ritz-Carlton and somebody says, where is the bath, you know, where's the restroom? You can yes. either point to it or, or show you them. show them and walk them to it. Yep. Now, if somebody says, do you care which one I do? They're going to say no. But the experience that they receive when you do or don't do it is exponentially different. It's yep. the smallest gestures that also in our business we don't realize can make the biggest difference on a deal. I'll give you one example and then I'll stop. I had a buyer in Brookhaven who had put the house under contract and not, his wife was dying for the house and she thought it, the deal wasn't going to work out. The husband surprised her and asked us if we would make sure that the lights were on in the house because he was going to drive his wife by to surprise her. Well, I was at dinner, and luckily I live close by, which is why I specialize in the neighborhood, but I um, got noticed that the lights didn't get on. So I get up and run over and get those lights on in that house so that when he drove his wife by, the experience, now did it matter? The lights are on, Not does it matter? Well, you could say no, but the experience and the way it touches people when right. we make those gestures is exponential in how they feel about the house. I'm going to stop it's there, y'all, because I could keep going. But say, it's go, small, yeah. It's the small things. And, uh, 
you know, it's funny you, you gave the gave example of, of you know, showing someone versus pointing. And I, um, I, I heard that at a conference many years ago and never thought like much of it. And I was actually at a, I don't know if it was Nordstrom's or some store and asked, you know, where is the restroom or where's whatever. And it was so easy to point and say, oh, it's right there. But they walked me the entire way to, to where I was going. I'm like, wow, like that was a very nice touch, you know, it yeah. took them 10 seconds. And, you know, but, but those are things that, that people people think of and, and they feel and they experience and that they're like, wow, like, like that was amazing. And, and I, I want to continue to give you business. Well, and we're in a business of connecting with people and those small gestures, while they're gestures of service and serving others, we talked a lot in our interview and we did a one-liner on you today, actually, is it, did it go out this morning about service, about it's about serving others. Um, and, it, you know, it's the same thing, serving others in our industry. But um, lead generation, service, and then what is the next one? And how many fundamentals are there? So, six? I mean, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> that's really it. I there are as like, many like, as we want to make, right? Like you could have you could have 20, right? But, but like whatever it is, it has to be done consistently, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, like for us, you know, clients know that like here, here's an example for, for buyers, okay? There's, you know, one point three million realtors across the country and probably several more licensees. Um, a buyer says, hey, you know, I'm trying to try and buy a house. I want to be in Chevy Chase. I want a single family. I want four bedroom, three and a half bath, whatever. Here's a price range. It's so easy to create a search and start just auto sending them properties every day. Mm-hmm. But if you want to provide like true service, when you ask them all the questions and like you know what they want, you sift through that list yourself and send them only the properties that actually meet their criteria. Right, because the goal is to save them time and help mm-hmm. the process be more efficient for them. Right, it takes us more time, but we're providing a higher level of service. Right, so mm-hmm. you want to, you want to be able to differentiate yourself, you know, from from competition. That's one very small thing that you can do to show them that you're a true professional and you care about your business. Well, I don't know about you, and this is, a, this is almost a really good secret. But I, with my clients who are buyers, I remind them it's not about what's an MLS. We're going to go through what's an MLS and we're going to sort out what's an MLS that you do and don't like, but we're also going to figure out what you want and we're going to find it, whether it's actively listed or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I found people properties that we end up getting built for them because it ended up going down the path of not being afraid. I am not a door knocker, but if I know there's a house my client wants, I will knock on the door because it's specific. I don't go drive through. But again, everybody, if that's your thing and you get success from it, go for it. But I think it's everybody tapping into what they're best at and what where they find. If I went knocking on doors, I think I'd end up getting shot or Because <laughs> I just, just not my thing. But anyway, um, but no, but back, but back, yeah, but, but it's back to the service about how do we get yeah. our client what they need. Think, yep. go start from the client's experience, but go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna add, you know, you know, one thing with, with the, um, the like, you know, consistency, you know, you know, with with the fundamentals, is also follow up. So like, you can lead generate, you can prospect, you can make calls, you can do whatever it is that you want to do, but you have to have a follow up plan in place. Mm-hmm. So this Saturday we had our annual fall festival, which was an amazing event, and in you'll probably see photos in a post today. Which we um, talked about on our first interview with you. We did. We did. So, so we had. Yeah. Um, we had we had about 400 people attend the event, which is wow. an awesome turnout. And like here, like to me, like like the, the awesome sauce of that is that we're gonna follow up with all those people, and there's gonna be a personal follow up. So, for instance, 
we have a, awesome. a, a now who's in the process now of buying a property. She's working with Hannibal on our team. And, and I saw her walk by and I was like, hey, Renee, how you doing? Um, you know, how's the search going or whatever? And she stopped and turned to me and she was like, how do you like, like, how, how, do, you, how do you remember my name? And I was like, well, you know, we, we met a couple of times or whatever. And, and like we as a team try and go through the list like prior to the, to the event and like memorize everyone's name. And it's like very hard to do. Like there's probably like. And do you get pictures next to the next to the names or how do you. So, so most of them like like I've met at some point, and so I, I like never never forget a face. There was probably like five people who I like, could not recall their name, and it was like very frustrating. But most people, like I like knew their names, and they know that I've only seen like, you know, once or twice in the past. And I mean, we, had, we had clients who who bought like nine years ago, 10 years ago, who were there at the event. And I see them, and it's like, hey, Rita, how you doing? And they're like, man, like, how's he remember like- That's awesome. So that's, you never forget a face, but for those of us who do, <laughs> do you have any advice on how to do that? Or how, yeah, what do you do like, with the rest of your team? Create a list of all the names and right. then like pull their Facebook photo or LinkedIn okay. photo or, or whatever. And just like, you know, go through it several times before the event. Um, I mean, e even me, when I meet, when I see somebody for a second time and they say, hey, Koki, how are you doing? Like, it's a great feeling to like hear your name and know yeah. that like they recall who you are. Right? Yeah, exactly. At the, at the, hey, um, hey, how's it going? Like, hey, how's it going? They don't know your name. They can't remember your name. Otherwise... Yeah. They would have said, hey, Jerry, how are you doing? Good to see you again. Big difference. A yeah. big difference. Yeah. So let's let's talk about, because we've got two. Do we want to talk about, because obviously you've got, you're really organized and really great with people and really great with connecting. That's clearly, and understanding how to serve people. Um, and you've been, you've, you're so good at it that I'm sure two things have happened. It, in, it incurs a lot of business coming your way, which creates stress and tension, which our business is full of anyway, because we're dealing with people's money, home, and family. And those are the three most intimate and therefore stressful things that can we, we can be engaged with with other people. And then you've built a team, which also can be stressful, even though the intention is to reduce the stress right. <laughs> um, from that. So where do we go? Let's do you want to do we want to talk a little bit about kind of when you got busy and how you handled it and things that you did to diffuse stress because you built a team to diffuse stress, but I'm sure that increased more and then go sure. from there. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, so um, you know, probably four years into the business, you know, I, I started getting to a point where I was doing a lot of administrative tasks that were taking a lot of time and you know, I realized that I started to need some support. Mm -hmm. My first hire was an admin assistant. And, you know, over the last eight years, I, I probably had, you know, eight assistants, um, you know, two of them who, who were phenomenal for like five, five, six years. Right. Uh, and, and both ended up moving down to Florida. Um, one of them was in Tampa. The other one's in, in a Key West. Um, and, one and of them needs to, one of those good ones needs to come to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, right. And, that, and that, that's part of the challenge of like having a team is, you know, Things happen. You know, people people you know get married and they relocate. Right. I had a great, great assistant who who moved and went to Germany. Um, so you're consistently needing to bring in new talent. Um, and then you know we got to a point where you know I had too many buyers and couldn't serve all the buyers well, so I had to bring on a buyer's agent. And you know my my best buyer's agent, uh, I think I mentioned on the last show, CJ, who was on the team for for um, almost seven years. Yeah. She went to a different company about six months ago. So that's you know that's a big transition there. Um, you know, bringing on new agents. Right now, we have, including myself, we have we have four agents, and two of them are newer to the business, and so you know, require more training, more handholding. You know, through transactions. Yeah, definitely. Fun, you know, because everyone 
everyone has to start somewhere. And um, and then Melissa, my team, she's our lead buyer's agent. She's been in business for uh, three and a half years, and she's a rock star. You know, I think she's going to do about uh, close close to twenty million this year in sales. Wow, that's which awesome. Is pretty interesting. Uh, and then and then we have we have uh, my wife who runs operations, Jess. She runs all our team sales meetings, helps us helps us with tracking all of our numbers. Um, and then Lauren, who is who moved down to Tampa, so does PR and marketing for our team, and she's also our event planner. So our event this past Saturday, you know, she coordinated all that, you know, from bringing in the the, the petting zoo to the food trucks to the face painters. So Lauren, the house. Yeah. So did you say Lauren is is Lauren an agent and an event planner, or she's just like admin event planner? So yes. Yeah, so, so she's just PR, marketing, event planner. Okay. And, in Florida, she's also she also I got her license recently, and, and she's now selling down there as well. Wow! So yeah. run us through that again. There's six people total. Mm-hmm. That's everybody. So there's yeah. you plus four agents. Two of those agents are new. So that leaves one person to do admin. Yes. So the admin person actually um, is is like not in the, in a role. So we're actually hiring right now for a new admin person. We had someone in place, um, and they're actually out now. Um, on leaves, so we're so we're, so we're bringing in a new person to to fill that role. So what is the what is kind of the because that's a lot of what does the admin person do? What do they take on versus everybody else? So they take on um, kind of all of my my calendar, you know, which which as you know is a hectic calendar when you're mm-hmm. in and uh, all my travel. Um, they also handle they handle my my email as well. You know, help, help me stay on top of my email. Yeah. Calls, you know, many times when, when I'm in a meeting, I'll forward my calls to you know to, to my assistants. They can answer the calls and respond as needed, and take messages so I can get back to them. And then we actually use uh, Compass's contract to close team, so they take care of all of our deals once they're pending to closing. So, th- so that's okay. a huge, huge weight lifted off of our admin person's. Wow. Tech. Okay. Great. Um, so, so they schedule showings. Now, what about listings and listing, putting listings in the system and getting the marketing done and all that good stuff? Who does that? Yeah, so so our um, our admin person here in the office um, would handle all the, all the listing prep. So, getting places to stage, you know, having listing agreements signed, disclosures, uh, landscaping that we do, cleaning services, putting it into the MLS. They handle all the pre-listing services, and then once we're once we're pending, as we hand it over to the Compass team to handle the contract to close. So on the on the, um, you said landscaping and cleaning. Do y'all do that? Do y'all provide that service to your clients? We do. We do. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we we do landscaping, uh, cleaning, staging for all our listings. Uh, okay. Stuff that that I pay for out of pocket. You know, at time of at time of um, time of listing, and then we'll also assist them with uh, any kind of like handyman work, you know, getting stuff painted, switching out hardware. And you guys pay for all of that. So, so the the uh, painting and and like any kind of work like that, the owner the owner would. Would pay for okay, but, but the staging, like, like, let's say you've got a vacant house that needs furniture, who handles that? I do, that's amazing. Do you have a warehouse of furniture? Or do you just have a stager partnership? Or I'm actually working on that right now, that's why I'm yeah. so, and a lot of us probably are. So, yeah, we have a stager partnership, um, and you know, her company can handle probably like 60 homes at a time, uh, wow. so they have a ton, of, a ton of a ton of inventory. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's really. So that's kind of it's almost like you're a built-in stager with your yeah. with your team. That's incredible. How many yeah. transactions did your team do a year? Uh, last year we did 116. Last year, uh, right now we're at I think we're at about about 90 right now. 
Um, so we'll finish up in just over 100 this year. And what's the price range you'll service from what to what? Uh, we service from, you know, on the low end, around 200 to the high end, you know, 2, 2 million, 2.5. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. 200 in D.C. is, um, it's a, we, we need to talk to them, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about, that's how your team's structured. So, you know, you talk about, before we were online, you talked about a couple of years ago, you had, you flew someone in to meet your team and work with, to get, you kind of take it from there, because I don't want to introduce yeah. it the wrong way, but I thought it was fascinating what y'all did. Yeah, so, so, you know, a lot of times people think about what makes people successful. And I think that, you know, one thing is being able to, like, manage your emotions, right? So in mm -hmm. real estate, we deal with negotiation people all the time. Wait, so yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you again. Do not lose your thought. Isaac, what, and I'm looking at Isaac. <laughs> Everybody, I've been watching my podcast, and I'm self-conscious. <laughs> Forgive me. But I'm, I'm going to stop watching them. But, um... But no, what makes people, well, the majority of what makes people successful was obviously the basics that we talked about is consistent building upon your fundamentals, but also manage, being able to manage your emotions. I just yes. want to really drive that home yeah. because that, that can be missed. And that's so important. All right, go, but continue. So, so um, when you think about it, like in transactions, most times when there's, when there's like a major problem or like major issue, it's because one of the agents involved in the transaction allowed themselves to get emotionally involved in the transaction, mm -hmm. right? Because as like as realtors, as agents, we represent the buyer and the seller who are parties to the contract, right? Mm -hmm. And they're the ones who are like very emotional because they're spending a lot of money and it's a stressful process. Our job and they is don't do it very often. Yeah, and then like they do it what you know once every seven, ten years. Mm -hmm. So our job is to help them relieve the stress, but in doing so. You know, if we're if we're nervous or if, if we're like, you know, overly excited or concerned in the process, that flows onto the client. Right. Exactly. And so, um, and so one thing that that I think I've been able to do well is you know, kind of like manage my emotions in the process and still be very empathetic at times and at the same time help my clients stay on track in the process. So a couple of years ago, I decided to have a gentleman by the name of, of a Greg Garber from Tennessee uh, come into, uh, he actually came to my home and did a, a two-hour training for, for the team. And so Greg works with, with um, uh, Division One colleges and NBA teams. So Greg Garber, we want to make sure and tag him. So he works with the NBA yeah. team. So we talked about yeah. Tim Grover, Relentless. Mark Noah introduced me to that book, Best Ever. Anyway, so Greg Garber. So he, like his whole shtick is he does mindfulness and meditation training, mm -hmm. and for professional athletes and, and people who are playing at you know in college at a very high level, um, they deal with a lot of stress. Like you know during a game, it's like you know you have all this stuff going on in your life, but like in a game, you need to focus on the game. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, how do you how, how do you handle that pressure? How do you how do you learn how to breathe properly? You know, like I mean, little basic things like that. And so he took took us through this training. And it was awesome because we had a, a team member who, uh, who I'd say you know is is, is very anxious, um, has some anxiety, you know, and he walked us through just different ways to like to like breathe, and it it was so amazing. So yeah. for example, for example, if let's just say you get a phone call and it's one of those calls like, hey, um, 
uh, you know, it's a buyer's agent, you have a listing and it's a listing that you've been trying to sell for a while and you finally have a buyer for it and, you, and your seller is, is, you know, moving to Tennessee or, or wherever and they've now, now put a house on a contract over there. So like a lot of stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. Our agent called you and says, Hey, you know, Jerry, I'm so sorry, but you know, my client just can't move forward in this transaction. And like, that's not at all what you want to hear in that moment. But like, right. Before even responding, you first need to breathe, and, and, and like it's how, okay, you need to breathe. Like yes, we always breathe, but no, like you need to like like purposefully breathe. And mm-hmm. so before, well, when saying, you get stressed, you immediately get shortness of breath. You actually exactly. stop breathing. Exactly. And then so, oxygen doesn't go to your head, and you can't yep. think. But yeah, keep going. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm taking like you tell us. Yeah, yeah, I love saying, it. Before saying a word, you simply inhale, hold it for two seconds. And let it out, and now respond. And now, like in that two second, two second time frame of just taking taking in a very deep breath, you've now allowed yourself to reduce your your uh, blood pressure, mm-hmm. and now respond to them without being, you know, without you know, responding without being, you know, overly defensive, emotional, desperate. Right? Yeah. And yeah, I love it. So, like on our team. I've seen how you know everyone who's who's who was like through that training. We also have his, like like little braces he gave us too that said I say breathe on them, and uh, it's just like a constant reminder that you know whenever whenever we're gonna respond you know in a situation like to our kids who who could be frustrating us or to our spouse or whatever, just for, like first pause and take a breath and like think about you know, like like how you want to respond and how you can respond like in a positive way, mm-hmm. and then respond to them. Um, and then, you know, he went through a bunch of different, um, you know, breathing exercises and like meditation. And we did this one like meditation, uh, it was like a two minute meditation where you, you inhale, inhale for, for five seconds, right? It's like a slow inhale for five seconds and they, and they let it out for seven, just over two minutes. And you feel like you are just like flying, like you're like floating in the sky and it, it, it's this awesome euphoric feeling. That you can create by just like by just pausing the breathing. and breathing. Just try some yoga. I mean, same yeah. thing. Like it, that's exactly. what I do every day. Except I didn't get it today. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, but you're so right. I love it. I love it. So it's you know it's the simple things too. When you can get the oxygen to your head, so you can actually think, whereas you normally can't. You can remember Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. gonna meet Chris soon because this is ridiculous. But Chris's oh. book. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, um, uh, Greg. Greg's that website. It's, it's Greg uh, Graber. G R A B E R. G R A B E R. Okay, got that, Isaac. Dot mm-hmm. com. Yeah, Greg, Greg Graber. Dot com. com. We are gonna share that. Check that out. Tag that. All of that good stuff. So Greg Gaber, and he does that with athletes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting too. I think some of the most talented people are obviously it's not opinion, it's fact. Some of the most intense people. And when you get intense, like you stop breathing and you get in your own way. I think yep. it's um, Gary Keller used to always say, get out of your own way. Everybody says it, but he's one that's really renowned or known for it. Like, just get out of your own way. And sometimes that's literally like, well, how do you do that? Breathe. Yeah. When people are talented, they're always also intense. And that being tense either can, if we learn to handle it through people like Greg Graber, Greg Graber, greggraber.com, we can harness that, you know, and grow. It's like I was saying earlier, Gary Keller says, get out of your own way. And this is a little bit of how to get out of your own way. 
So on that, you know, things get tense. You build a team. You deal with your emotions. You build a team. Now you kind of have your, your team's emotions to deal with. How do you, there's a few questions I have about that. You've given me a good example of how you help your team manage their own emotions. But I think another question is in building your team, it's not just managing emotions. I think sometimes, and I'll quote um, good to great, how do you make sure you've got the right people on the right seat in the bus? I think sometimes we build a team and we have talented people on our team, but we've got to figure out where do they, where do they really go and how do we make sure? Do you have any advice or we didn't talk about this before so i'm totally throwing you for a loop here but or i might be but what do you have to say about making sure you've got the right people on the right bus in the right seat on that bus yep yes so the first thing i'll say is that we don't always have the right person on the bus and in the right seat um you know sometimes it's just not the right person sometimes they're not in the right seat but there's a different seat on the bus that that they can fill and so, so perfect example is that of that is um a current buyer's agent that we have on the team started off as my assistant and you know realized you know within the first 60 days or so that that wasn't what he was best suited for but he'd make a great agent and you know showing specialist mm-hmm. so we then on the bus to a different seat uh we've had others who you know we thought were the right fit but really just should not have been on the bus you know from the from the get-go and for us to get on the bus like a couple of just basic tenants like one is you have to be a naturally positive person. We deal in, in a very stressful, tough business, and if you can't handle pressure, and if you're if you're negative, and you know can't see the positive in all situations, then you should not be on the bus. Um, and everyone that's that's currently on the team and currently on the bus, they're positive people, and and you know, life life is not always easy, right? Exactly. But you know that. There's times when, you know, you want to vent and, and have a conversation and, you know, kind of decompress and, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but then after that, we now need to say, okay, well, after going through this experience, here's how we can bounce back and you know, make the next deal or make the next call or, or whatever it is better. Uh, exactly. So th- those, are, those, are, those are things that, that we look for when we're, you know, hiring people is, you know, what, what's kind of their temperament and, you know, are, is this someone who, if they're out with the client, you know, because they're going to re- represent the team and represent me, uh, will they handle themselves professionally? Um, you know, will they be positive? Um, are they trustworthy? You know, w- will they study their comps and you know be very knowledgeable in this business? Mm-hmm. Uh, those are things that we that we look for. Great. And so, in a, for example, with your assistant, when you've got the wrong person in the wrong place on the bus, how do you how, give us kind of like how that worked out? How did you handle that? Whose idea was it? Was it your idea? Their idea? Was it mutual? Is there a story behind that to get them in the right place on the bus? Yes. So you have, you have to have check-ins. You know, you got to have scheduled check-ins and, you know, let them know how things are going, what's working well, what's not working well. You need to also get their feedback. You know, how am I doing as a manager as well? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not perfect. Maybe, maybe something that I've been overlooking or, or haven't trained you on properly. So you're unable to do your job well. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely a, a two-way street. And, you know, one question that I always ask folks, you know, during an interview is, you know, are you comfortable coming into a new role on a on a new team and being able to speak up and speak your mind from from, a, from like day one? Great I want someone, question. Someone who's confident and someone who comes in and says, you know what, I, I, I can see why you got why you guys have the system in place. But like, I think this would be better. I love that, you know, because, again, we're not perfect. And, you know, I think we do things very well. Exactly. Better. And so you have to give people that, you know, 
people that that um that confidence and power that you know what if I have a thought it'll be heard and I can share that with the team and there won't be any issues. With well, it. the most talented people are the people who are pushing you are pushing you back, not in a negative way, but they're part of pushing the team forward. When you've got a team and you're kind of the one that's thinking of all the ideas and trying to drag them along to support you versus getting a team where you've got talented people, which means they will speak up and they will think of ideas and they're the kind of people. And it goes back to the Ritz-Carlton analogy, metaphor, whatever, but it's people who step in and know how to make things better. People who don't not do something because it's not their job. People right. come in and step in because they know how things are run and are always doing better, thinking of better, and have the liberty and ability um, to be able to do that. So, you know, you've got in in structuring your team, you end up having kind of a streamlined workflow for your events. You have a way things go. For listing appointments, you have a way. How do you manage that so that everybody on their team knows their part and their role to play, whether it's an event or a listing or a buyer? Do you use a system? Um, Contactually has like a workflow pipeline system. I'm sure Compass is building one. Do you have, do you use anything like that? Or how do you make sure everybody kind of knows how to, so things don't get left behind when you're selling 120 houses a year? Yeah. So we use, um, we use Salesforce. We also use uh, Drive, so like Drive within within the uh, Google Suite, you know, has kind of all of our documents and all of our checklist checklists and, and uh, systems. And then we also use Slack. Uh, Slack we've, we've used now for yeah. I don't know, like six months or so. And I've had friends who are like, you need to use Slack, you need to use Slack. And and I was always opposed to getting like another app, but I like love Slack. Uh, it's just yeah. a great to you know have have you the know. Wonderlist is another one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wonderlist. actually, I think uses some of Wonderlist software or something because I have something very similar to Wonderlist built in. Okay. But you've got, you know, anyway. But keep going. So Slack, where you can take the only problem with Slack was like we used to use that for the podcast, and then we'd have to go back three weeks and we couldn't find it. And now we're going to wrap this up with three good questions, and everybody knows me. It could turn into five, but right now I think it's three. Yeah. Number one <laughs> is, what is your? And you can make these two separate answers, but in stress management and team building what is your biggest aha and is that one answer or do you have one for each stress management and team building was the biggest aha biggest aha biggest like you know aha like biggest thing you've come to realize i would say you know the biggest aha is just that you know one like managing people like it, it, you know it's hard to manage people i think that you kind of give them you know, uh, advice and guidance, you know, to, to work within, but you have to allow people to do what they want to do. And micromanaging does not work in 2018. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you have to believe in the people that you, that you have on your team. And if you don't, they shouldn't be on your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that's, that's probably the biggest aha. That the, uh, the second piece with like the mindfulness and, and all that and meditation and just keeping your sanity is, you know, I think it's, besides like the breathing and all that, like you need to have some kind of like physical activity, you know, whether you're someone who wants to, who likes to walk or do yoga or play sports. Um, I think having, having consistent physical activity is just great for your, for your body and for your mind and for your heart. So I, I would just highly recommend that, you know, to everyone as well. And, um, yeah, I think that's, yeah. And like, just breathe. I mean, talk about an aha, like breathe. Yeah. I get real. Yeah, there he goes. 
Wait, that yeah. you got to do five and seven. Yeah, it, it's in for great. five, out for seven. Should I count? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it really is. If y'all ever, like, you get these clients on the phone, which most of mine, by the way, are seriously, like, people tell me, how do you have the nicest, best clients in the world? Well, that's for another podcast. But every <laughs> once in a while, if they misbehave, I'm like, and I know I misbehave a lot, if y'all are listening, but I'm like, I do, I just stop, and it's like, I'll stop, but I just got to remember to breathe. Just stop, yeah. pause, listen, and breathe, and keep it in perspective. And remember, it's not about, it's never about you. Like, it's, it's, I think it's, I find that the agents that are most successful are the agents that never forget, it's not about them. It's never personal. Even if it is personal, it's not personal. It's not about them. We're here to serve and help other people. Do you have any big challenge in team building or stress management or both that you would share with us like take us back to that moment where you're like man i don't know if this is ever going to happen right and then you came out of it in such a better place because of the way you handled it and the lesson you got out of it so there have been there's been a few times when you know a team member has had a challenge in a transaction where you know they, they made a mistake and you know, I think for any any good team leader out there, any person as like managing a group, like you need to take responsibility for whatever happens within your team. And uh, so, perfect example, you know, an agent who shall uh, remain unnamed. You know, we had we had a home inspection uh, contingency on a transaction, and the, um, the 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 time frame to respond ended up expiring. And the client wanted to go back and then ask for repairs. And so um, my team member, you know, didn't realize that the time had passed and I put together a notice to submit to the, yeah. the agent. And the thing is like, oh, well, you know, this expired, you know, uh, two days ago. So the seller's not obligated to do it, to do any, any um, repairs. And so it was, it was like a, a, a huge mistake. And I was like, cool. I was like, we're going to make sure that this gets addressed for the client, you know, mm -hmm. it, this is our mistake, our fault, and we're not going to say, "Oh, you know, sorry, you got to miss a deadline." You know, our job is to make sure that they don't miss deadlines, right? Exactly. So just just owning any mistakes that ever happen is it is it, it, so critical so and so you know, huge. Yeah. yeah. Not like pointing a finger, but like it is a good like learning moment as well. Like you know, what can we do next time so that, that this doesn't happen again in a transaction? And uh, you know the client was the client was you know was very happy with us that, that we that we took care of it. It was a huge transaction, it was like one point five million dollar transaction. And um, you know since then they referred us to you know tons of their friends and family. Exactly. Well, it's like you said earlier, seeing the positive in every in every problem, there really is an opportunity in every single one. And even when something as negligent as that happens, it's okay. A lot of people will think about, oh no, I'm not going to get paid, or how do I get out of this, or whatever. And it's, it's not, it's it just, it's not about you. It's about the client. And when you serve that way, the opportunity, the problem, even in being, making mistakes like that, is the opportunity to show and display to a client that you will do whatever it takes to make it right for them. Right. Because there is the, there is the misconception or I don't know if maybe it isn't a misconception, but I believe it is from what the agents I've worked with, that agents are just in it for the commission. And they're not. And I, I would say, everybody, be careful of people who believe that, and I have been in only one 
situation and so many of my transactions where I truly believe I was in a transaction where the client, the client was taking advantage of the situation in that belief that they could get the commission out of all the brokers and still get the deal done. That's a side note. I think that's rare. All people are good people in the end. But back to your point is taking every opportunity we can to make it great for the client. Because as time goes by, and I, and I, it, it, we're in this business, and you, I mean, 120 transactions a year, you find out doing the right thing, it's not like a myth. It really does pay off. It really, right. really does. Especially when you, you don't think of it for the intention of what am I going to get out of it, but you think of it for the intention of just purely, really serving people and doing the right thing. Yep. Um, so tell, that's a great story, by the way, because many of us have, would be embarrassed to admit, but all of us have made our mistakes like that and been in those situations and had team members in those situations. Um, if there's one thing that you want us to remember, no, I'm not going to ask that question yet. I'm going to pause. If there's a book, because you've given it, you've given us books. But yep. If there's a book around team building mm -hmm. or stress, well, we know Greg Graber for for stress management, but on team building, is there a book that you would recommend? Hmm. A book on team building. What have I read on team building? Um, I have a list too of books, and I should have them right here. Um, where you should have them on your beautiful bookshelf behind you. We yeah. should do one of those. We're going to do a book. Everybody keeps asking me, like, we need to do all the books recommended on the Jerry Metcalf podcast. We need to create one of those. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Rick Pitino has a, uh, Rick Pitino, is a bad person to use, but he has a, uh, a pretty good book on, on team building. I can't remember the name of it. I read it several years ago. Um, but yeah. Outside that, nothing you, else. We can find it. Did you get that, Isaac? All right, everybody. We're gonna, we're gonna. Isaac's finding it, so we can post it, tag it, all of that good stuff. Or if you think of it, let us know. Okay. And then, what is the one thing on stress management, dealing with our intense business, keeping? And, and you know, we didn't say a lot, but like even in keeping it off, you know, we're twenty, we're a twenty-four hour business. We are always on. We just are. Yeah. That's just part of this business. Do you ever have a way of turning it off? Do you? I yeah. don't. I confess. Do you turn yeah. it off? Yeah. I Everybody do. listen to Greg Lynn's interview. He unplugged for 21 days. That's a way to turn it off. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was a good one. But how do you turn it off, Koki? Yeah. So, so I, I have two children. Um, you know, five Me and two. three. Yeah. And you know. Yours are five and we, two. You said. Five and three. Five, five and three. Okay. How old are yours? Seven and eight. Seven and eight. Okay, cool. Babies. Okay. Boy, boy and a girl, or boy and a girl. Boys eight, girls seven. Yep. And yours are. Boys five, and the girls three. That's the best. I love that. Yeah. So, so just anyway, I totally sidetracked, but go ahead. Tell us about. So you know, this is like probably three years ago, and my son is is uh, you know we're in the living room whatever. My son is like trying to get my attention, and I'm on the phone. I'm like on I don't know. I was, I was emailing or texting or whatever, whatever I was doing. And I have like no idea that he's like, he's like trying to get my attention. And so after like, I don't know if it was 20, 30 seconds, you know, um, yeah. my, my wife just walks over and she's like, Hey, like Akil's trying to talk to you. And I look over and I'm like, I'm like, Oh, Hey. And like the look in his eyes of like me, just like not, like not paying, paying attention to him. I was like, Holy crap. Like I can't do that. You know? Yeah. And so when I'm with my kids, I really try and like not be on my phone, and like which is what like, that administrative assistant's for. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like you know, just, just like focusing on them, whether we're playing or you know doing a puzzle together. Like, like yesterday, I was, I was home with my son for a couple hours before his uh, football game, and we're just sitting there like doing a puzzle together. And it's like the best time, like one on one with like with your child, spending time together. And yeah. uh, you know, because the moments go by so fast. You know, they're, they're already five and three. It feels like yesterday, you know, they were they were babies, newborns, right? Mm-hmm. So. Really like, really like, like cherishing those moments. Um, and it, you know, even if you, you don't have kids, you have pets, or if you don't have pets, like, you need time to just unwind and like be with yourself. And you know, you should have hobbies like, like reading or, you know, join join a um, a like you know poker club or whatever. Yoga, yoga is my thing, right? So how do you? How, so you, really, I think it would be when you turn it off, you have an assistant that could take it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean that's. Or you're you're hiring a new one right now, but right. one is you know, having support, but but two is also managing your clients' expectations. You know that like yes, you want to do like everything possible to provide the best service you know to your clients, mm-hmm. but at the same time like you are human, and it's okay to like you know have time to be at dinner with uh, with your family or yeah, you, know, you don't want to work at nine ten o'clock at night. You know so yeah, I think in those first conversations with clients. Mm-hmm. Kind of setting up those those boundaries, I think, is also very important. And how do you do that? Um, just, just in the conversation, like um, any like you should always have have a series of questions that you're asking, like a new buyer or a new seller. Like when you're mm-hmm. trying to learn about them and see what's important to them. And a simple question is, you know, what are your what are your normal hours of availability, right? So that okay, well, we're available in the evenings or weekends, whatever. Awesome, I'm available at these times. All right, mm-hmm. so based on, based on what you've, you've now both shared. Unless a deal's falling down, then you're available. Yeah. Uh, I mean, unless, that's all right. Unless issue. You're not doing 120 transactions no. of you're not being available. But, yeah, yeah. Right. But, <laughs> right, but there's certain things that after a certain hour you are and aren't available for is what right. I'm, not to put words in your mouth, but I want to give everybody a good picture. Because I have found some people, their agents are like, I'm just not available after 6 o'clock. And usually those agents aren't selling more than $5 million a year. Because you right. can't sell more than five million a year if you're not going to be available after six o'clock because stuff's going to go down and you got to yep. you got to be relentless. You got to be right. there. I'm sending you relentless. Have you read Relentless? We were talking about that earlier. I haven't. I haven't. No, Great but I book. You will, it, just as an athlete, you will love and basketball player. And it was written yep. by Tim Graver, who was the coach. Isaac, we got to make sure that happens. Okay. So um, anyway, what? is the one thing that you would hope that we all get out of this on team management and stress management, which are the reason why we're doing both in one is because Koki's good at these and they do crossover. What's the one thing? So before I give you the one thing, yes, uh, please. I have a question for you. Oh no. Okay. All right. Let's do it. So, so, um, before I get to the question, the one thing that I would say in in you know team building and also in uh, in uh, you know the mindfulness meditation, you should always know. Seriously, did the sound just go off? Yeah. Seriously, the sound just went off. Oh. I mean, it was like the one thing. I'm like, <laughs> and we didn't hear a word of it. So let's do it again. All right. Is it it's on not now? usually yeah. this shaky, Koki. This is like you're just a special guest. Is it sound on? Yeah, it's good now. Okay. All right. So, you know, to me, 
the one important thing within the mindfulness meditation and also in team building is that you should always know what your end goal is, right? Because anything that they that, that you do, there's a reason, a purpose why you're doing it. Or in my in my opinion, there should be. So um, you know, j- just take the time, take the time to sit down and kind of write through some thoughts on, you know, why it is that you're in the business, why are you doing what it is that you're doing, why do you want to have success, why do you want to sell five million a year, why do you want to sell fifty million a year, um, and so knowing knowing that goal will then help drive all of your decisions. Well, and because we, it's very easy in being service oriented to get kind of driven by other people's agenda, which is not bad, but in the end, you've got to keep your focus. That's yep. what I hear when you say that. All right. Now, are you ready, Jerry? I don't know. Isaac, are you ready to edit this out? I'm kidding, everybody. <laughs> so um, this is episode 79 of your podcast. Well, this, is this? Uh, no. I think it's going to be 81. I think it's oh, 81. One, sorry, 81. Okay. Okay. Those are those are eighty one amazing conversations that you've had, and you've and, and, and you've now shared all this great information with, with whoever's listening across the world. And so, thank you for having me on here twice. Thank question, you for being on. The question is: Out of all these conversations that you've had, what's the one common thread that you found throughout all these conversations? Well, common thread of success. Oh, 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 of anything. I mean, it's, you know, most folks you have on here are highly successful people, right? Yeah. And so what one common thing have you found through your conversations with, with all these people? Okay. So I might have to make it three. I didn't know this question was coming and then maybe Absolutely. I'll get one. I, I'm a, I process out loud. I would say the one common thing is passion. Every single interviewee on this show, has passion. Mm-hmm. I would say that in interviewing people on this, this is great. In interviewing people on this show, there everybody is is everybody on the show is comfortable on their own skin. They know who they are, and they know what true success is. And if you read the book Relentless, and you have to read Never Split the Difference too, mm-hmm. you will you will see what I'm talking about. Relentless is all about. People, it talks about closers, and thank you, Mark Noah, for sending me that book in L.A. But it's all about, you know, you've got people who just kind of like live life. And if you're a spiritual person, meditator, Code of Extraordinary Mind, that's a great book by um, Vishen Lakhiani. He also talks about this, but on a much more, you know, yoga, or not yoga is not the right word, but a much more peaceful, you know, relentless is the fighter. But either way, it's all the same. But you get people who just kind of like accommodate to the world. And then you get people who get the world to accommodate to them. And then you mm-hmm. get to the people to the people who are playing a whole nother level. And I mean, it's like, it's not about what people think. It's not about, it, it, it's like they've got an agenda and not right. in a negative way to the betterment of people, but it's those people who are, they just are who they are, who they are, and they know their talents and they utilize them in a way that helps other people and grows them and grows other people, which grows themselves. And those are the people, and it's that passion behind it that is the common denominator of the guests on this show. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Passion. 